Word often talks about trials, that we should be joyful in trials because it's going to build on our perseverance and help us to grow in our faith. That, that doesn't help when you're in the middle of it, though, does it? No. <laughs> it's very hard to say, thank you, God, for this situation. It's just so great. <laughs> I'm growing. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Tanya Reason and this is The Gospel According to Mum, the show where we discuss the transformational work done in us by Jesus Christ as we live out motherhood and discipleship with Him. My guest on this episode is Cheryl Brooks. Cheryl is a mother, grandmother and foster mum. She works as an anaesthetic nurse and has long been involved with medical training and support in the Democratic Republic of Congo through OzHeal. She's also been involved in church ministry, including eldership and council leadership. As a nurse and a natural leader, Cheryl has struggled at times to hand control over to God. In our conversation today, we talk about how she's been able to move closer to completely trusting His provision of all things through motherhood, even to the point of releasing her own prayers to others. So welcome, Cheryl. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Good morning, Tanya. Um, thanks for coming and um, chatting with me. That's all right. It's, it's, really, it's really a joy to, to spend this time with you. And hear all your thoughts and, and um, glean some of your wisdom that's, that you've collected over the years. Um, so, um, Cheryl, you've, you've given me some notes as we've prepared for the, for the conversation this morning. But before we get into what you've, you've talked about, it'd be good if you could just set the scene for us and talk about um, where you were as a Christian um, right before you became a mum, how you sort of thought about faith, what you thought about God and Jesus and... Where, where your starting point was? Yeah, I, th- I became a Christian when I was about 17, um, and we got married young, so I got married when I was 19. Um, so I'd only really had a couple of years where I'd really committed my faith before I entered into a marriage. Um, but I remember thinking that my faith was so important to me, and I married a Christian man, and so I was really thankful. Um, that I'd entered this venture with someone else that loved God and wanted to serve God. So I guess I looked at marriage and parenthood and everything as as a way of um, service to God, so drawing together as a couple but also together being committed to, to serving God in our lives ahead. Um, we had children young, so I had um, two children, one at 23 years of age and one at 25 years of age. And... Um, I always wanted to have three, but um, we only ended up having two. That's another story. Um, and I think at times that was enough to handle. But, yeah, that's um, we started out quite young, and for some people that's probably seemed very young because people often start their families a little bit later these days. But um, we enjoyed it, and I think we were young. We grew together and had lots of energy, and, yeah. That's good. So you're coming from quite a, a fresh place in terms of your relationship with God then. Um, and so then you're kind of, um, I, I suppose, I, this is may, probably me talking here, but I always feel like you kind of plunge into motherhood. <laughs> you don't ease in gradually. No, you do not. <laughs> Single swim. Yeah. Um, but it, um, the first thing we were talking about was, was prayer. Um, finding those times to pray um, when you've got you know children who are who who need you at every moment of yeah, the day, yeah. and so you've talked about um, 
that you found that that finding time to pray wasn't a difficulty for you. Do you think that was because it was quite it was all quite new for you? Do you think that was actually an advantage? I don't know. I don't, I never. I always saw prayer as um, more or less a just dialogue that between yourself and God that can happen at any time. It didn't need to be formalised. Um, so I never found it hard to find time to pray because I would just pray throughout the day. But in saying that, um, it's easy to do to find time to pray, but doing it interrupted, of course, is the other story. Mm-hmm. And we know what it's like having young children. I mean, you can barely go to the toilet by yourself with <laughs> banging down the door wanting attention. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, you're just uh, coming up with novel ways to just um, reach out to God during your day and, and just knowing that he's there, I think, is is important um, rather than having a formalised time. I did always like to at night, just at the last part in the evening with the children when I would be getting them down to sleep and it was quiet and I'd have a nice soft light in the bedroom and just that last feed when I was quiet, I would pray over them. And it's just a great time to sit there and reflect on your day and um, maybe maybe how well you went with some things and how well you didn't do with some things. But, um, yeah, just pray for, to God for courage and um, everything you need to face the next day with them. <laughs> um, you talked about um, <clears throat> the, um, your prayers becoming more intercessory. And I was, I was curious as, as how our, our prayer life kind of changes as a mother I mean, did you? Obviously, we kind of need to pray for ourselves, as mm. you say, for courage. But but the prayers became more intercessory for your children. Absolutely. Did that sort of spread out in terms of everyone, or was it? Yeah, I think so. But I I think that's not just about being mother. I think it's about becoming more mature as a a woman or a, as an adult. That you start to become less self-focused and can reach out to others, and it's important to make that you know that leap, that change as you become more mature. But yeah, I, th- I think it's a real reflection on God's character as well. He, he made us in his image. And um, we know that Jesus always acted as an intercessor for us. And, and so I think God wants us to do the same for our children, that we have a great responsibility for our children to, to teach and train. Um, and, you know, we can't do it on our own, so I think it's important to pray for our children, pray for ourselves as well, but just always lean on God rather than our own ability because, um, let's face it, you know, being a mother highlights your weaknesses, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When I, when I read that, I immediately thought of Job, um, and um, Job 1, um, verse 5, where he's talking about how he after his sons and daughters had their, their regular feasting, he would go and make an offering at the altar to sort of intercede in case they had done anything um, during those times that he needed to pray for their forgiveness. Um, but then as I was reading it this morning, it suddenly occurred to me that um, it actually says that he would make those offerings early in the morning. And um, we all talk about the sort of sleeplessness of parenthood. Um, but it suddenly occurred to me that even Job... You, you were talking about saying those prayers at the end mm. of the day, Job making his prayers early in the morning when I assume everybody else was still asleep. Um, just made me think that, that maybe there's a mystery in the sleeplessness of parenthood. Mm. I don't know what you think about that. Maybe it's there to make us 
aware that our father is never asleep. He's always watching us. I don't know. What, what, do, you, what do you think mm. about that? It just, just a thought this morning. Well, I, th- I think God certainly understands what parenthood is about. And um, it is around the clock, isn't it? It's yeah. 24 hours a day. And sometimes it is during those quiet hours of the, the night that um, we have time to reflect and think about things, I guess, and learn to trust in God. Um, you know, par- parenthood is, is so difficult at times. I mean, it's an g- absolute great joy, but I just know from my own experiences, um, if I've ever felt the most vulnerable, if I've ever been the most fearful, if I've ever felt um, my inadequacies, it's been as a mother. Um, and so I've had to learn to trust God because I know I don't have everything. I don't have everything that I as a mother and um, so I've got to lean on God's understanding and his wisdom and his strength and it's in our weakness that God becomes our strength he, he meets us in our weakness um, and we've got to learn to trust him mm. yeah. you talk about needs as well as this responsibility to provide needs um, and, and how that's a, a revelation of God's attitude towards us yeah. understanding our needs but um it's also meeting those needs in the right way, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, being, I think, being the right mother for your children. Yeah. You think there's an element of that? Absolutely. I, again, I think if anyone understands parenthood, it's God because he's our parent. Um, he understands us deeply. I mean, he created us. And he also understands our needs and wants, and he wants to meet those needs. And... I think humans, each one of us, has this need to be cherished, to be loved, to feel safe. Um, And God wants to meet those needs, and he certainly will. But in the same way as a parent, we have the responsibility to nurture our children and to provide a safe environment, Um, you know, one where they can grow and become the best person they can. And that's what God wants for us as well. Mm. So you've had um, you've had a uh, an experience where um, you've really had to lean into prayer uh, around your daughter at the age of ten. She um, developed a red swollen finger, which at that stage could have been anything. Um, oh. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what happened there and how that developed? Yeah, she just got a, a very sore finger, and we didn't think too much of it. I mean, maybe she had a splinter or something, but. It was um, just progressively got more swollen and red. We ended up taking it to the doctor and they suspected it might have been a spider bite at the time. And um, they were even wondering then whether it was a foreign body or whether she might need surgery on the finger. But progressively over a week it, it did clear up and we thought, great. But then the next thing she got a swollen finger on the other side and I thought, yeah, this is not right, there's something wrong. Um, and that progressed then to joints, so knees and ankles and hips, um, one side first, then the other side. And after this, this went on for years. Um, she was very sick with it, had raging fevers. She'd wake up at night just um, dripping wet with sweat, um, really fatigued and just really quite unwell. Um, and in the end she was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and I didn't know much about it at the time and obviously um, we turned to the internet which is probably the worst thing that you can do (laughs) as a mother 
um, which which kind of just really frightened me because I saw all these pictures of you know children with and and as it progressed um, into the rest of their life they end up with severe deformities and just a lot of pain and I thought oh you know God we please please heal her please heal her I'm sure this is not what you want for her it was just a really difficult time backwards and forwards to the doctor and I just felt so helpless as a mother because you want to make them well, especially as a nurse because I think, mm. you know, we have um, some understanding of disease and disease process and treatments for diseases, but there was nothing I could do. And I kept praying to God, will you please bring healing to her? Now, my answer, my prayer wasn't answered. And eventually, after you know years had gone by, I thought my prayers are not working. Perhaps the prayers of someone else might work. And I remember ringing the church and ringing, asking for the elders to come round, and um, which they did. And they ended up praying. And um, I remember one of the elders asking me before they prayed. They said, "What do you want us to ask God for? What are you wanting specifically?" And I thought about it for a couple of minutes and I just said, I want the will of God. I want God's will to be done. His will. I'll submit to his will. Um, I'm getting choked up now. Anyway, they did pray over her. And um, I'm just so grateful because um, she, those all her symptoms disappeared. She's never had one problem ever since. Um and you know, God did bring healing to her, and I'm, I'm just so so thankful um, that that happens. But you know, sometimes we pray for things and we don't get the answer we want. You know, but we've got to learn to trust God either way. Mm. But praise God, she um, she she was healed of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that is a. As you were talking, I was thinking, what a challenge for you as a nurse, specifically with an illness where where you would the urge to, to rest on your knowledge and your training and trust in those things and, and to, to the urge to kind of take control of the situation yes. and fix it yourself. You know, I can imagine it, if it was me, I'd be thinking, I, I can do this. I'm sure I can do this, you know, because yeah. I'm, always, I'm, always, I'm always telling God that I can do it and he can just relax and I'll take care of it. Um, but for you particularly to, to have to do that and then right to the end to have to say, actually, it's not even my own prayers. It's, it's going to be the prayers of, of someone else yeah. to take this into God for me um, as a real setting down of your own will. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's a really hard one as a mother, I think, to, to put down your own will and your own control. Um, that that sort of journey to the point where you were able to say his will be done was that was that sort of in the moment that it sort of came to you or do you think you'd been traveling towards that understanding through the whole process i think so i think it was a gradual journey um to the point where you just surrender surrender to god's will um you know he wants us to trust in us he knows our needs and he wants to meet them and at the end of the day, we've got to trust because he knows the bigger picture as well. You know, sometimes we want things or desire things, we ask for things, and the answer might be yes or no, but we've got to trust God because he knows more 
about the situation and so many times in my life I've looked back and I see just the way things, situations have woven together and sometimes when things haven't gone my way, you know, I've been not too happy about it. <laughs> um, but later on I look back and I see, ah, oh, okay, yeah, I see how God used that in my life. You know, if only it just I need to just trust him every time, just trust him instead of, you know, this this whole resistance thing and thinking oh, I know better. Mm. Um, he wants, he, you know, he, he said he'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. And we need to trust in him that he has our best interests at heart, because that's what he tells us. He, he loves and deeply cares for us. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing that's hard to remember, isn't it? That that he loves us. I always find myself, I don't know what I think, that he doesn't love the way I love or something, which is utterly ridiculous because the only reason I love is because he loves. Mm. <laughs> but that, that seems to be a hard one to remember. Um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit um, because we're sort of talking about it now, but this sort of shift of focus. Um, you talk about fear coming from a focus on our weaknesses. Mm. And courage comes when we remember the promises and faithfulness of our good God. And um, I just want to talk about that idea of a good God because, I mean, so often as a mother, you are forced to kind of trust the outcomes of things. We, we do our best in daily life, but um, we have no control no. over the outcome. And motherhood really makes that apparent. Um, and, and you, you quoted Romans 8.28, which is, um, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Um, it's that idea of good. We, we think we know what's good, don't we? Mm, we do. We do, and it does. Like you say, it does really... Um that this whole concept really stems from our, our baseline attitude of who God is and, and what our relationship to God is. You know, if you see God as someone up there that's this judgmental, rule-setting, um, just watching for you to make a mistake sort of character, then, you know, you're going to have a, a, an unrealistic picture of God and I think it will be hard to draw to God, draw close to Him. But when we read scriptures, when we look at God's word and see the character that just flows right through um, his word, then we know that he loves us deeply in a love that we can't even imagine. It's, it's You know, we think we love our children. God loves us so much more. So until you come to terms with that and find some way to accept it, that, you know, we, we don't deserve it, but God just wants to lavish us in our love, in his love and when we finally come to accept that we can learn to relax in who we are not only as mothers but as humans in general yeah do you think that motherhood has changed your focus i mean we talk about having a kingdom focus but i find myself frequently thinking yes i would i would i want to love and serve god with all my heart but also i just need to go over here and do this because this is where my focus is and you become very focused as a mother, but did you find do you find that that having a more of a kingdom focus and focusing on God's God's goals and purpose has become easier? Or I think um, that mother, that being a mother 
is is a calling that God gives us. It's such a privilege. And we think about the kingdom and maybe we want to go over here and preach the gospel. We want to go over here and, and set up this hospital or, you know, but the kingdom is here right in our homes. God has provided the kingdom right here in, in children. Um, God, in the stories in the Bible, we always, we see God's character in the, in the character of Jesus, his son. And it always reflects his love um, for children and how important children are. So, you know, God values children and we need to. And I think um, you want to you do the work of the kingdom? Then you don't forget that every day when you get up as a mother, you are doing the work of the kingdom. Right here in your living room, you are doing the work of the kingdom. Um, so, you know, we should never underestimate the importance and the value that as a mother, how much we can invest and shape a child's future for for good. Mm. Um, it's so important. Mm. You become a, a missionary in your own home. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so just to sort of jump back, back in time again, as a mother, um, you, you were talking about understanding that you can't be there every second of the day to protect your children mm. and leaning on God for that. And then you had a situation where you were reminded of that very strongly um, one afternoon when you were very ill with two young babies. Mm. Um, yes, I was very sick at the time and um, I remember, you know, it's so hard sometimes when you, you get very tired as a mum sometimes and, you, and you're just hanging out for that after when the kids go down for their afternoon sleep and perhaps I can just catch, you know, putty winks quickly <laughs> um, anyway the children I got the children down in the afternoon I thought right I'm going to lie down because I was so sick and I just thought I need some sleep and um, so I got them both down took some Panadol went to bed about an hour and a half later I woke up and I because the baby was crying and um, went in collected her and then I went to my son's room uh, who was about three and um, three years old he wasn't there, and at first I didn't. I wasn't too disturbed because I thought he, he's got up and he's wandering around or playing with some toys in the lounge room. Or so I did a search of the house, and I can't find him. He's nowhere. I'm calling him. He's nowhere, and now I'm starting to get a little bit more disturbed, a little bit anxious. So then I go downstairs because I know that he can open the door, the front door. He would often drag a chair open over to the door and stand on it and open the door. Go downstairs. We had a fully fenced yard, so um, I thought, no, he hasn't. He hasn't. He's not able to climb the fence. And um, no, nowhere. Still nowhere. And I thought, where can he be? So we had a little corner shop up from us. And sometimes in the afternoon, in the summer, we used to walk up there and get ice cream. And I thought, oh, he's gone to the shop. So I run up to the shop. No, he's not there. Now I'm getting really anxious. You know, your mind starts to run away with you and. I'm sure anyone who's been through this situation will completely understand. Um, you, you know, you just you just assume the worst. Mm. I'm feeling nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought, oh, what should I do? So I, I rang my husband um, and said, you better come home. I can't find. He's gone missing. You know, Bradley's gone missing. And um, my husband came home, and by this stage, I'd rung the police as well. And the police came. They were taking a description and. Um, wanted a photo and they had vehicles out in the neighbourhood looking they were starting to door knock 
they got the radio, local radio station on board and um, put out a description and an appeal um, for anyone to, for people to look out for him. You know, time's going by too, and time's just ticking by. Every minute seems like an hour, and you're just thinking, what's happened? Where is he? Um, you know, I'm starting to assume, has someone grabbed him? Has someone gone past in a vehicle and grabbed him from the yard? You know, what's happening to him? Is Where can he possibly be? Anyway, I thought, oh, my parents-in-law, who lived in the same town, this is in Maryborough, and um, they owned a service station, and they listened to the radio all, all day. And I thought, they're going to hear the description on the radio, and, of course, they'll want to be involved in the search as well. So I thought, I'd better let them know. I rang them, and my mother-in-law, who knew I'd been ill, gets, she answers the phone and she says, oh, how, how are you? You're, you know, you've, you've been ill. How, how are you? I said, I'm terrible. I just burst into tears. I could hardly speak through the blubber. I've lost Bradley. I don't know where Bradley is. We can't find him. And she's going, he's here, he's here, he's here. She's trying to, over the top of me, my blubbering, he's here. I just thought, oh, the, the relief, mm-hmm. the relief of knowing that he was safe. It was just, um, it was just, you know, those few hours were just a nightmare. And I just, I can't imagine what people go through when they've mm-hmm. lost their children for days or, or more. So um, apparently she had come round to see how I was and um, Bradley had stood on a chair, opened the door to her. So she's being kind as she is, she'd taken him for the afternoon round to, the, to their place and she'd written a note and left it on the kitchen table. We never found that note. We never found it. So whether it was blown out the window by a breeze, we don't know, but we never found it. <laughs> but I can tell you those four hours, I was just... <laughs> nightmare but I remember playing please God please help us to find him please keep him safe no matter where he is please keep him safe oh man the mixed blessing of relatives (laughs) (laughs) oh my poor mother-in-law she she felt terrible (laughs) that is just there's so much to think about in that story um and obviously it, it turned out in the best possible way. Was there a point where you were thinking, why why did all of that happen? Did it seem clear to you that there was a message there for you? Or do you think it was just an event? I, I noticed these things always seem to happen when you're sick as a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Some things happen in life and you just <laughs> cannot explain it. But, um, you know... Maybe maybe maturity is how we handle these situations. When we, we you know, God tells us that we're going to face um, trials in our life. I guess you could call that a trial. Um, <laughs> character building, perhaps. <laughs> um, but, yeah, how we respond. And, you know, do we turn to ourselves to solve the problem? Do we turn to our own um Abilities, or or do we learn to trust in God and, and you know call out to Him? Mm-hmm. Often I've found in life that I, I've exhausted all my own resources first before I turn to God, and that's not what He wants. He wants us to, to turn to Him straight away. Mm-hmm. You know, don't wait until you, you know, like a washed out dish rag because you and you you finally realise actually I can't do this on my own. God, will you help? Yeah. He wants us to come straight away to Him and to trust Him, um, even through the trials. And you know, God in his word, often talks about trials, that we should be joyful in trials because it's going to 
um, build on our perseverance mm-hmm. and help us to grow in our faith when we learn to trust in Him and and achieve all that, you know, grow into all that God wants us to be. Mm. That, that that doesn't help when you're in the middle of it, though, does it? No. Um, <laughs> it's very hard to say, thank you, God, for this situation. It's just so great. <laughs> I'm growing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, no, it's... um. Yeah, it's it's very interesting the way that these things always sort of unfold, and you afterwards you think, oh, I probably could have done that a bit better. Yeah. But maybe we just can't do that. You know, that I think, like you say, we need those times to to practice. I don't know. Mm. You know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> um, and so we've talked about, you know. Um, and maybe if we, we had more time to study the scriptures, we'd do a better job. But it is difficult, isn't it, to mm. to sit down with the Bible and really read. And I find myself actually sometimes really longing for a, for a, for a word, you know, something to help me get through the day mm. um, and actually not being able to sit down with the Bible and, and really think about it. Um, it becomes a lot more... Um, uh, do you think it becomes a lot more practical? I think mother? so. Um, you know, we all mothers know how hard it is even to get, you know, a couple of minutes alone time. But I think, you know, we need to adapt when we're mothers. Our faith looks a bit different. We do it on the fly a bit more, I think. And I guess sometimes we beat ourselves up if we're not having this rigid protocol of I do a quiet time that this time every day and, you know, I need to do it and if I miss it then I pile all this guilt onto myself. I don't think that's got that's that's how God wants us to live our life. I think um, when we come to God, when we grow in maturity in our faith, we learn that there's this natural rhythm to our relationship with God. It's it's not this rigid timetable and, you know, we're going to be judged if we haven't, you know, set ourselves a goal of reading the entire Bible in one year and if we don't do it, we've failed. I don't think that's how it's meant to be. You know, God says he's, uh, he places on us an easy yoke. It's, it's, his burdens are not heavy or hard. He wants us to live this in a free life with him and and have this relationship with him. And I think it's just a natural, unforced rhythm, this relationship. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it, but I think when we start to get too rigid with things, then it becomes, you know, more like something we've got to tick off. Oh, I've done, okay, I've done my study today. I've read my verses. I, I've done it. When it's not like that, God's with us all day when we're changing dirty nappies, when we're pulling the kids apart when they're trying to kill each other, when we're up at the school in the headmaster's office with him explaining our child's behaviour for the day. He's with us all the time. Um, We can't segment it. That's That's not what being in relationship with God. He's with us all day, every day, not just Sunday at church or when we take, you know, 10 minutes to read a few verses for the first time that week. Um, he's with us all the time. He's in communion with us all the time. We just, you know, we can speak to him whenever we want to. It's not like we have to go to our quiet room and, you know, at this particular time and this is how we do it. So I think learning to understand and being more relaxed in our relationship with him, 
I think that what's, that's what God wants us. He mm. wants us to lean into him, it to be a natural a natural thing where we relax into his love. Mm. The word that kept, uh, it, it was as if you were hitting me with a hammer every time you said it, it was time. And that, that's the thing for me. I'm very much a timekeeper. Um, and you're talking about maybe God's concept of time and that, that change of focus. Mm. Did you find, are, are you a, a timekeeper as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And especially when I was younger. So we had our two, two children, <coughs> excuse me, when we were young. But now, um, you know, I'm turning 55 and we've, um, my husband and I have gone into fostering. So here we are with um, the pitter-patter of little feet down the hall mm -hmm. again. And um, I think that it's been an absolute privilege to take on being a mother again at an older age where I feel like I've developed some maturity. Um, I certainly, my outlook on life has changed and the way that I approach time has changed. I, and I'm far less rigid now. I think you're a lot more relaxed as, as you're older and you have um, less hang-ups and I think less judgmental of yourself. Mm. Things don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have a home that looks like out of the Vogue, you know, magazine. Um, it's okay, you know. There's wheat bix still on the table from this morning. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, learning to relax. So in the same way, I think maturity as a Christian helps us to learn to relax with God. I think um, as we get older too, we can learn to relax um, with relationships as well. But as a mother, learning along the way to, you know, not get stressed, you know, you're, you're late, you're five minutes late because you had to change um, your baby's nappy <laughs> right when you're ready to go. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, learning to worry less about the little things that aren't important, I think. Do you think that, that the, the time that you have in the day to do all the things that you're going, you're going to do, not necessarily the things you plan to do, but do all the things you're going to do. Do you feel like that's that's kind of that's set out already as part of our daily bread, and just kind of accepting that that we have time to do everything that's right to do. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, when when you're a mother, obviously the children take priority. Um, so you know, sometimes you might have a list to do jobs, and you might even get one thing ticked off, but you've looked after the children and that's that's the most important thing you know they're they're loved they're nurtured they're fed they're clean they're, you know all the things that we do all day nose wiping nappy changing <laughs> you know it's never ending um but that that's if we can achieve that then we've done well as a mother you know i don't think we need to um beat ourselves up when we don't don't get a lot of extra things done because you just can't you know the reality of being a mother is it's demanding it's it's round the clock and you know it's unrelenting and that's why I think I talked about earlier about you know children and sleep time and at night getting your children to bed I think it's important to get them down at seven o'clock we always had the seven o'clock rule mm. that's as much for you as it is for them mm. because mum needs some time out mm. so yeah, yeah, that yeah. downtime. My my parents used to talk about budgeting, and they would always say, well, "We we do a budget, and it didn't balance." 
but then at the end of the week we always found we had enough mm. and I'd, I've been thinking about you know maybe this sort of downtime did you find through the whole journey as a mother because there are times when you think I cannot keep going mm. I'm exhausted mm. but you do you do yeah did you find actually as you look back you actually did get enough time to recoup what you needed yeah yeah and I, I think um, it's important to remember that um, God's a great accountant whether it comes to finances or time um, never makes sense to me because you know two plus two we say it's four but sometimes God says no two plus two is seven um, <laughs> you know he always gets the most out of everything yeah. for us um, and it's his provision so it doesn't always make sense I think but God always provides what we need and again it goes back to we've got to trust in him we've got to trust him for everything, even even time management, trusting in Him. Yeah. Um, and that leads us to, to praising God and worship, um, which I'm, I'm looking forward to the end of my parenting journey being able to say, <laughs> you were right. <laughs> Praise you, Father. <laughs> I thought you probably would be, but I was just about to. <laughs> you know that um, journey never ends. Yeah, you know, it's not like no. you know, 18 and you clock off. I'm talking about when I, when I, when I rest finally. <laughs> um, but you know, worship. You know, as a mother, you're not necessarily going to say to your children, right, "Everyone, sit down, and we're going to sing hymns to God for an hour." Now, mm. worship takes on. You know, as everything else does, it takes on the form that, you know, your life requires. Yeah. Um, Being someone who doesn't have a um, beautiful voice, singing voice, and um, who restrains herself to singing in the shower, (laughs) (laughs) my form of um, worship probably differs from um, uh, somebody like you. Um, But, yeah, it depends on how you look at worship. I I think even serving... Our servant, our heart of servanthood as a mother um, that God gives us, I think that's a form of worship to God. When we do his will, when we take on a child and um, commit to raising them, building self-esteem, helping them to manage conflict, helping them develop deep, lasting relationship, all those things um, on top of, you know, food and clothing... Um, those are all part of worship to me because I see mothering, being a mother, as worship to God. It's my service to God. I commit myself to that service and through it I, I want to honour God through that service. Yep. There can be a bit of a double-edged sword when you when you become aware of your weaknesses. Can't Absolutely. If you think, I didn't, I didn't honour you the way I want to that day. Mm, yeah, and you know, we as a mother, if you're ever going to have your weaknesses hi- highlighted and presented on a platter, then you know there's going to be times where absolutely, and it, it's you know it's cutting when you realise that you can't be everything, you can't do everything. Even in protecting your children, we were talking about before. You know, you want to be able to protect them from falling over and grazing the knee or, you know, not doing well at school or the first, you know, the, when their heart's broken in a relationship, um, when they start dating. But you just, you cannot, you cannot protect them from everything and that's when you need to lean into God and trust mm. that he's, he's in control. We're not, we can't. 
you know, I always think my personality type, I am a bit of a control freak. So this is something that um, I'm, I'm speaking to you now about, but I'm acknowledging that I am no master. Um, I've still got a long way to go. But trusting in God rather than leaning on our own um, expertise, our own understanding or our own abilities, we just cannot be everything. And, and as someone who likes to be in control, um, that's that's been something that I've wrestled with my entire life. Yeah, and especially in in being a, a mother, being a mother scenario. Absolutely. Mm. Like for instance, trying to control people going past in really loud motorbikes yes. when you're doing a recording. <laughs> At that really critical point <laughs> that you were making just then. <laughs> um, but it seems like there's sort of a there's a there's a parenthood in tandem going on because you feel as if you're supposed to be the adult, don't you, as a mother? And yet this is, seems like the critical point of your your teaching and you sort of... Uh, you talked about how boldly your children come and ask for what they need. We're almost reduced... I don't know if you if, if if you feel this way. We're almost reduced when we become mother, become mothers to God. He, the reality of His parenthood mm. becomes stronger, doesn't it? Absolutely, it's such an eye opener. I, I think um, becoming a parent so many times. I think, oh my goodness, that's that's. I wonder how God feels about that when He's, I'm the child and He's the parent. And when I read Scripture. And when I go through life and, and the experiences that it's it's given me, I'm reminded constantly about how God's father nature to us, his parenting nature to us. And I look at my child and my children and myself and that relationship and it has given me so much understanding of, of the way God is. And I think he's... he's He's done it for a reason. He's designed this relationship to teach us about him and how he feels about us. Um, it's just an incredible real-life lesson, isn't it, um, about relationship, that parent and child relationship. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's made me appreciate and love God more because I see, you know, he sacrificed for us in the same way I sacrificed for my children um, to be there for them and to to provide for them. It's just an endless opportunity of learning um, and such a revelation of the character of God, of how much he loves us and cares for us. Um, and he wants us to understand that. And I think becoming a parent helps open your eyes to that relationship, yeah. Do you think um, when when your children constantly do the wrong thing, and often it's the same thing over and over again, was that was that something that revealed? I mean, did you find yourself thinking, "Well, God's going to be angry with me for that," but then you know you turn around and forgive your child again? <laughs> <laughs> another another example of of what we're talking about. Um, I think. You know, some days you'll just have days where they're just so naughty. They're so naughty all day. You get to the end of the day and you finally, you've you've bathed them and fed them and you tuck them in and say prayers over them and you look at them and think, oh, man, you're, 
you know, how could you be so naughty? You look so angelic. (laughs) (laughs) And then you think, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter. Tomorrow's a new day and I forgive you and I love you Um, in your heart. You say that. And, you know, that's that's exactly the nature of God. We can be so naughty. We can just do the same things over and over like we'd never learn. Um, And so rebellious. But God loves us and he offers us his forgiveness um, because he wants to have that close. He wants to nurture us. He wants that close relationship with us. And he truly and deeply loves us more than we can ever imagine. I find myself saying often, how many times do I have to tell <laughs> you? imagine God up there yeah. saying that to you. <laughs> telling you, haven't we been through this before? Yeah, and then I think about myself, you know, and I think, what what would I say to my father? I'm like, so sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to. You yeah. know, my, my daughter says that to me, and I think, yes, you did. <laughs> But then I remember, you know, no, she, she didn't. She just, we all just, you know. Yeah. She needs me to tell her again. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you this morning, Cheryl. Thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences and, and thoughts with us. Love chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. You can find out more about the show, our guests, and subscribe and download through all our channels by visiting thegospelaccordingtomum.com. In the next episode, we'll hear from Jenny Greaves. Jenny shares an amazing story of how God came to find her after she'd become a mother and how motherhood has become integral to her relationship and worship of God. In the meantime, be encouraged, friend, and remember the God who taught you to love will not leave you as you walk with Him more and more at your own pace. I'm Tanya Reason, and you've been listening to The Gospel According to Mum. Till next time.